guys. Welcome back to another episode of That's My Personal Business. Today, we have Jonathan Sweet on the podcast. He is a wedding commercial and lifestyle photographer in the greater Seattle area, and he is also the creative director of a golf shoe company, True Linkswear. He loves life, loves coffee, and loves to celebrate moments with the finest people. John, thanks for being on the show. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to learn all the things. Um, I know we were just talking about it, but we met at Evolve, which is a photography workshop that happened back in February. We like scraped by right before Corona. For <laughs> like, sure. Like literally right before. Literally right before Corona. I feel like that was the last time I was with a bunch of people. Um, but yeah, so you do a lot of events and stuff too. Tell us a little bit more about like you and your business and kind of like how you got started in the industry. Yeah. Um, so as you said previously, I'm a, I'm a photographer and also a creative director of a, of a golf shoe company. And that was kind of the, the creative director thing I'll get to last because it's brand new. Um, but uh, I got started on Instagram about, gosh, what was it? Eight, nine years ago now or whatever it was. Um, yeah. And I was taking photos on my iPhone uh, just as everybody else was that was on the platform and back then and kind of just was just dinking around, um, hanging out with some friends, going to some cool places in Washington. And um, a friend of mine, uh, like one of my lifelong closest friends, uh, ended up getting like 1,400 followers on Instagram. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention numbers, not to be conceited. Uh, no, it's great. It's just kind of my journey. Um, and so he got the, all these followers and I was like, okay, well, you're one of my best friends. So because of that, I have to get more followers than you. So um <laughs> A competition of sorts. Right, exactly. Uh, and he's like a brother. So it's it was just first instinct. So I started paying attention to all these hashtags that were on Instagram and uh, that kind of was circulating on uh, on social media. And so I started doing those with my iPhone. So like Hangstagram and Jumpstagram and finding these cool landscape areas in, in Washington because it's super mountainous and epic and um, in that started learning how to edit and learning how to build an aesthetic and um, in the process fell in love with photography and started building um, a following, uh, a following um, so to speak. So mm-hmm. I ended up surpassing my friend um, by a long shot, but um, he's still cooler than I am. But he, uh, <laughs> so I uh, got up to like 4,500 followers and I got suggested by Instagram. And I don't know if you know what that means, but... Um, Wait, like on Instagram's account? Is so, I mean? uh, kind of. So what would happen is that they would, Instagram would follow you. Um, and this was back in the day. They would follow you and then you'd go into this suggested user list. So people that were joining the app could then have these people that they best believe represented their app so that they could follow you Um and kind of just join into what Instagram had cultivated at the time, which was a very like community focused uh, platform. And so, cool. um, but in that you'd go up like 25,000 followers in two weeks. Um, and it was like all original, like it was OG accounts too. It wasn't like these ghost accounts that were um, kind of doing it. And so, um, but yeah, so it ended up going, ballistic um and i got up to like 20 something thousand followers and then um 28 000 or something like that and then uh, a week and a half later i was on a buzzfeed article 
in that BuzzFeed article is 16 Instagrammers that make you want to grow a beard and move to the Pacific Northwest. And at the time, <laughs> I, I couldn't grow a beard at the time. So it was um, absolutely hilarious um, and did not think that it was going to do what it did. And I remember sitting on the couch with some friends that were also on the article and we're like, what is happening to our accounts? Like we could not keep track of what was happening because the article just went viral. So um, we went up like, gosh, around like 10,000 followers, like overnight. Jeez. It was wild. Yeah, that's um, wild. To then a week and a half later, um, I'm mentioning all this because it kind of explains my journey. Uh, yeah, no, I love it. Point, I would not call myself a photographer at this point. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. So um, I was just taking photos on my iPhone. And, uh, and like two weeks later, um, I was suggested again. So in the matter of like a month and a half, um, I got suggested twice, was on a BuzzFeed article, and I went from 4,500 followers to 60-something thousand. And Jeez. I was just trying to navigate it all and trying to figure out what was happening and, um, and just trying to see uh, like what it would be like to actually be like a photographer because people were gravitating towards my work um, and just – like people were asking me to do these campaigns and all this kind of stuff. Cause I was helping pave the way with a lot of the other OG Instagrammers, um, of what it liked to do, uh, social media advertising and what it looked like to do content creation as an influencer and all this yeah. kind of stuff. So it was, um, I, w I remember talking to like massive brands about how we were doing what we were doing and it was all brand new. Like I was talking directly to big brands. I wasn't talking to agencies. Um, because those companies didn't, they weren't, they weren't there yet on social media to figure out that they were needing to hire these massive agencies to facilitate all their campaigns. So it was just, that was like kind of the early days. And so um, that kind of pushed me straight into doing commercial work. And so I started doing commercial work like right away. I didn't even own a camera when I did my first commercial campaign. I did it on my iPhone. Oh my uh, gosh. What? And it was for the Sounders FC. We did like this social media campaign uh, with, our MLS team here in Seattle. And again, I just showed up. It was more of just like being available to what the opportunity was right in front of me. Um, and then uh, a friend of mine uh, bought me a camera um, soon after that and was like, dude, you need to be doing this full time. And you know, you're probably not wrong because um, things were just picking up and like all these inquiries were coming in. People asked me to shoot their weddings and doing all these other random projects. And I was starting to say yes to everything and didn't know the camera. And, um, and the best part about it all was that I was just meeting people from all over the world. Um, and it was the greatest thing in the world because back then Instagram was such a community focused platform. Yeah. Um, and so many people were doing exactly what I was doing or what all my friends were doing. And so we would all just connect and get along and just had the same track, like same track mind and just we're all on the same page and just having fun with it and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but yeah, so that's kind of like just the, the journey with the whole Instagram thing that catapulted uh, me into getting a camera uh, in that I booked 18 weddings that year. No Jeez. idea how. Um, they kind of just happened. Um, I didn't even have like a contract then, uh, cause I didn't know that you needed a wedding contract. As a <laughs> so, was, um, all these Honestly, it's stuff. a miracle. We all make it through that first year of business <laughs> <laughs> and like to not get audited. Um, yeah. Yeah. So then, uh, went into shooting 18 weddings, having no idea what I was doing. And my first wedding, I'll never forget. This was an absolute nightmare. Uh, I was shooting on, uh, a 5D classic, so a Canon 5D classic. That was what my yeah. friend, the friend of mine bought me. Um, 
and I show up to to do the ceremony and no one told me that I was going to be candlelit. Oh my God. So we're in this tiny space. Um, They turn off all the lights and it's lit by candles. And anyone that has ever operated a 5D classic knows that you can't go above 640 ISO. And that camera is not built for low light whatsoever it's not it's not it's not helpful for anybody um in terms of low light and um also your resolution is like 12 megapixels so it's like you don't have that much wiggle room in low light um yeah and so right before the ceremony i'm looking for anything to try to push light like anything like so i start opening doors i start um <laughs> opening oh my up gosh lines. just scrambling completely ruining their vibe yeah 100 percent um but i was like there's no way i'm gonna go through this entire ceremony and not give them images um that they'll be able to remember so i was like yeah screw it so i started opening up blinds opening up doors just trying to do anything that i could to get light in there um and fortunately they were happy with what they got but good not, it was a brutal, I tell you what, um, I still, and at that time, I'm still learning how to use a camera. So it's like understanding uh, all the settings and all that kind of stuff was still like something that I had to get familiar with. Um, I think that year I shot every wedding at 1.4 because that was the only lens that I had. And I thought that if you shot everything at 1.4, it would look cool. Um, I'm sure it, it, I'm sure some of it did for sure. I don't know about that. Uh, you know, it's, I don't even know if I caught focus on everything, but you know, you kind of just wing it and make it happen. But that was just, um, kind of just catapulted me into wedding world. Um, throughout that just, um, was very, very adamant about building a word of mouth business. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that you'll notice is that I don't ever promote my wedding work. Um, it is very rare that I do. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, I feel like I didn't really even know that you shot weddings. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and that's intentional. Um, and my, uh, so my background with like my parents and my family is I have a lot of small business owners, or I guess you could just say business owners. Um, and with that taught me some tact, uh, business tact, um, of building customer rapport and, um, knowing that customer first is going to be always the winner. And, uh, in that process, I really wanted to build a word of mouth business. And so like my grandma still to this day owns her health food store, uh, in a small town outside of Seattle. And everyone in that area knows my grandma, everyone in that area knows that if they need someone that's going to help them with any health stuff, she's the gal, um, and things like that. So I was learning from her, like, about this customer rapport and I Mm -hmm. wanted to instill that into my wedding business. Um, and then I also had the large scale business side of things that I learned from my mom in terms of like marketing and representing yourself well and putting yourself, never being scared to put yourself in rooms uh, with people. And uh, my mom built a business from selling purses and hospitals to having a hundred thousand square foot warehouse. And it was a $50 million business. And so um, being able to learn from my mom uh, also too, on the customer side of things um, made me really just want to be diligent and trying to build a business surrounded around people's approach to me versus me trying to ask for a review versus me trying to ask for um, people to promote the work on their social channels from Mm -hmm. all these different avenues. And so I 
just have been a firm believer in word of mouth. Um, and it's worked so far. I shoot around 30 weddings. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. That's, that's so cool to me and so crazy. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen a wedding photo of yeah, yours. Yeah, yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I don't know if I've ever seen that. And that's so cool that that's something you like got from your family. I let's, can we dive into that? I like want to hear more yeah. about that kind of like what you've learned from your family and kind of how you've integrated that into your business. Yeah. Um, uh, is there anything specific about that that you want to ask? Maybe like what's, what's kind of been like your journey like with building a great client experience? Like what does that kind of look like for you? Um, so first thing that I instilled in my business almost right away was cause I was taught right away that you need to have a six hour package, an eight hour package and a 10 hour package. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's from all my friends in the industry and, uh, and things like that. And I really respect that people do that. And I get that people need to make money and I get that, um, there's a strategy and trying to build your business and trying to give people the best, um, thing that you can offer. And in that, I begin to, to understand understand that I was robbing people um, when I was doing that. And you'll have to hear me out on this is I'm, yeah. not, gonna from, yeah, uh, I'm not gonna take away from anyone that does it. Um, no, everyone's and, got their different strategies for sure. Yeah, But what I began to realize was that uh, the moment that they booked me for whatever our packages that it was, is they surrounded their entire wedding day around me. And, mm. um, and we're in the business of customer service uh, and you know that and- um, yeah. And so I was like, well, that's not right because it's not my wedding day. It's their wedding day. And I get that we're, I get that we're a vendor and that we're a needed vendor. And I get that we have demand. Um, but in that demand, are we valuing our actual customer experience? And so um, I realized that I wasn't and that I was actually taking away from people's wedding day. Um, and I also realized that I wasn't able to tell the whole story. Cause there's a lot of moments that happen either before we're either supposed to be there or after mm-hmm. we're supposed to be there. And so, um, what I did is after my first wedding season is I changed that and I went to all day services. Um, and I've actually came to find that I've uh, worked less in the process, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of wild. Um, you would obviously think that if you do all day services that people are going to take advantage of you. Um, yeah. there has been a couple of moments where it feels like that's happened, um, but when I give them their wedding photos, you get to be able to give them their wedding day versus eight hours of it. Um, I love that. That's such a cool perspective. Yeah. So that's kind of like been uh, one way uh, that I've learned that is to, is to work harder. Um, sometimes uh, that phrase uh, like work smarter, not harder can mm-hmm. kind of get in the way of actually doing customer service well. Um, and I just had to learn that like I'm going to put in all the hard work that I can and in that people are just going to respect, um, respect my business and, and, and my photo currency, if that makes sense. is like, mm-hmm. I, when I give them a photo, that's my currency. Um, and that's where I've been able to add value is, um, into people's special day of their life is, is through photography. And, um, and the more that I've been able to do that, the more that people respect it. And in that, they just want to honor me too in the process. And it becomes a very mutual relationship. Um, and so that's, that's a big part of it. The second part that I always do is, um, is I throw in all my engagement sessions for free. Um, and I'll get to pricing in a sec so that you probably understand what I'm doing. Yeah, um, yeah. But I always throw in my engagement session for free. And um, I, I phrase it in the idea of getting to know them. 
and them getting to know me. So yeah. when, I, when I'm talking to a client, I'm like, hey, I would love to give you guys the engagement session for free. Main reason why is because I want to get to know you um, so that then also so that you guys can get to know me so that when I show up on your wedding day, you don't feel like a stranger is walking into the most intimate day of your life. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, that you guys would just understand kind of how I work, how I'm wired um, and things like that so that it just makes the most sense. Um, and knowing that there are moments where, um, where I probably got to be careful with that. And, um, especially if I'm working out deals with people, um, and trying to help them and, and knowing that they're hiring me to be their wedding photographer and they're not honoring my full rate. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I try to protect myself there as best as I can, but, um, I have always come to find that the rapport that you build, um, in giving your engagement session has just been unreal. Um, and I don't put a time limit on it either. If someone books me for an engagement session, I give them that day. Um, and so it allows me to see what the weather's like because in Washington, it's super finicky. Yeah. Um, and so I can wake up in the morning and be like, man, it's great today. Do you guys want to start earlier? Uh, we don't have to wait until sunset. Um, and then if the, if the light is, if it's like clear skies outside, I'll try to push towards that like golden hour um, just because the images that they'll get will be wonderful because um, we all love good light as photographers. Oh, yeah. um, so I, I try to be like aware of that too. Is like, I want them to know that like I'm bought in to their process um, and giving them my time, um, which I know that so many people are like, well, when you, time is the only currency that you really only possess. Like, yeah, you're right. But that's also where you put all your sweat, sweat, sweat equity in. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's like two processes that I do, um, that I like that. In, in customer service from, um, from my mom and from my grandma. And then also from, um, my first job as a barista, um, where it was, uh, very, very customer service oriented and it was the customers always right. And yeah, uh, I feel like everyone needs to work in food or like some sort of like classic customer service job at some point in their life, because that is like the best experience for any type of customer service job is like working those. I think food, everyone should work in food at least once. Totally. Yeah. It's so helpful just to be able to um, see people's perspective um, versus having just your perspective and then going into the service industry and realizing that you're probably wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and even if you're not, you kind of are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like they're hiring you to be a service. So you got to serve them. Mm-hmm. Serve them. Even if it sucks. So how have you kind of balanced? So it sounds like you really specialize in providing like a really intimate and in-depth experience for each of your clients. And obviously, like you said, that's a big, that's a big time investment into your clientele for sure. Um, so how have you kind of balanced that with profit, right? Because that is the goal is that like, we're earning money in our businesses and like, you don't want to be working yourself into the ground in the process. So have you, how have you kind of like walked the line between such a intense experience that you provide your clients and like making sure that you are profiting and that, um, like your business is going well and that you have the time to give to each of your clients? Yeah, that's a great, great question. Um, I'd say, uh, if you're doing photography and actually receiving a paycheck, then you're doing good. Um, and, just because it's such a saturated market. And so if you're able to take a paycheck home, then you're doing good and you're on your way to moving forward. Um, and I'm not going to say that there isn't ebbs and flows to it. It's like when mm-hmm. you're in business, 
um, you're fully reliant on you going to go get your paycheck. Um, I've been incredibly thankful for the opportunities I've been given and people honoring my rates and things like that. So that's, that's been helpful in the idea of, of being profitable. Um, but I've also known this too, and this is a value that I've always stuck with me um, that I've learned throughout the years is that um, people matter more than money. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I believe that I will, I will receive um, blessing. And so uh, I've, I've, there's been moments where it's been tight. And then there's been moments where there's been um, astronomical blessing and just where an inquiry comes in at the right time or um, things like that, where it just, there's this kind of this balance. Um, but a lot of that was uh, setting my industry rate really early. Um, when I got started in doing weddings, my first year, I moved my industry rate to four grand. Nice. So I just did it. And then what I did though is because I knew that in the in the in the wedding market in the Seattle area, it's growing a lot more. But in kind of the journey that I've had is to realize that everyone's pockets are so drastically different here. Um, mm -hmm. Not everyone has the same amount of budget to push towards someone um, taking photos at their wedding. And so what I've done is I did four thousand dollars plus sales tax with a question mark at the end, um, and I kind of just navigate that with. Um, my clients and my rate is changing uh, next year. It will go up even more. Um, and I've had to do that just based off demand. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so, I mean, I've taken weddings for all different values for twice my budget and for uh, half of my budget. And yeah. um, that's just kind of the flow of it. It's like, if I think that a couple is awesome and I really just connect with them, I will be more inclined to say yes for less money knowing that the experience of what it's going to be is great. And then also because the experience is great, they're going to tell all their friends and, mm -hmm. and I'm off that, let's say I booked them for two grand, but I'm going to get, let's say 24 grand in return off of uh, them giving me more clients. Then I'm going to take that any day. Like that's an investment worth, uh, worth having. And I would say that that's where the profitability has really come in. Mm -hmm. um, is knowing that I can take a risk early to see reward later. Um, and so that's, that's where I've kind of had to draw the line with, with that is uh, knowing that I'm building my business every time I show up for a wedding, um, regardless to how much I'm getting paid. Um, and that's just showing everyone there that how hard I'm working, um, how present I am, um, being willing to be able to set my camera down and help move tables around if they need it. Um, yeah. Doing whatever it is to help make sure that that day flows um, and, and things like that. So, and that's just in wedding world too. It's like, I do so many other things too. Um, and so in terms of profitability, it's just being able to have the right yeses. Um, and I feel like that's where a lot of us photographers kind of struggle with is time management uh, more mm -hmm. so than anything is we love to say yes to everything because we see the paycheck and we're like, yeah, this will be great. And then all of a sudden we're so buried up to our necks um, with work that our return times are off and um, we're not being able to be as present as we need to be throughout the process for our clients um, and things like that. So um, I don't know if that answers your question, but no, I'm just- No, that's great. No, that's also helpful. And I think that's such a good- perspective that like every time we show up for an event or for a service or anything like that, it really is an opportunity. Not that that's the reason you're there, but like it is an extra opportunity for marketing. Like the way that you show up 
on the wedding day, not only to serve your clients, but it shows prospective clients as well, what kind of vendor you are, which I think is sometimes not valued enough in the industry. Like we don't think about that enough. Totally. Yeah. I, it's, um, my favorite thing in the world is to tell someone I don't have a business card. Um, but I give them my phone number. Ooh, that's, that's bold. <laughs> and, and well, it's cause then you're bringing a human experience versus a business experience. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, I want people to know that it's like my phone is on, like you can reach me. Like I'm not, I'm never too distant for anyone. Um, I love that. And a lot of people separate themselves like big time. Um, and I get that. Like I completely understand. Like if your life is full, why would you make it more full? But to me, you just have to make room in the areas that you need to make room. And if you want to grow your business, one way is to make yourself available at all times. Um, like I, I can't tell you how many times I'm writing emails back to clients at one o'clock in the morning. Jeez. See, that's, I love hearing stuff like this because I, I'm like totally the opposite. I do run my business in such a businessy way just because I've found that's how I can show up best for my clients. Otherwise I just get so overwhelmed and stressed and then I feel like I can't perform properly. So I love like hearing, cause I feel like everyone's personalities are so different. And so, yeah, it's so different the way that people show up, show up in their business. Um, cause yeah, that's, that's so different than mine. And I, I love that. And I feel like that fits your personality so much. Yeah, I can, I can run myself ragged without even knowing that I'm going ragged. Um, and <laughs> Uh, that's sometimes a fault of mine uh, where I take myself out of personal stuff in my life um, and things like that. But that's just where I, I thrive best is like four or five hours of sleep a night and you just drive <laughs> it out. And um, especially more so now than ever um, that I have a full-time job on top of my other full-time job. Um, and so uh, you kind of just have to, to pick and choose your battles. But for me, um, that's just where my personality sits. And I get having business structure. I get mm-hmm. having those things that can take you to the next level. They're so important. Please instill those. Like it's like whenever I do stuff with Evolve and when I've ever done like mentor sessions or whatever it might be, I always tell people that other people's words aside from mine are, are sometimes the better words. Well, and I think too, it's like not even like better. It's almost like what's better for you. I think that's one thing in business that like people need to realize is that very rarely is there some right way. Like you need to have good customer service. You need to have a contract. You need to do things legally and well. But like other than that, the way that you run your business is totally up to you and like what fits best with your personality in life. Totally. Totally. Um, like the, the greatest thing I ever instilled in my business was accountants. Oh my gosh. Yes. An accountant is the best thing that you'll ever do. Oh my gosh. Like it saved me because it took me from, I'm not a numbers guy. I'm good at, I'm good at like plussing numbers, but everything else (laughs) terrible. Like I can see how much money is in my bank account and know that I can grow that. Like I have no problem doing that. But the whole like write-offs, the whole filing, the whole every aspect of like your business ran through your accountants that's areas that I struggle with. And so I was like, well, you know, if there's any investment that I can make that's going to certify as like the greatest thing for my business. It's bringing on accounts that know my numbers that can help me out with my filings and knowing that I'm doing everything accurate so that when, it, when and if, um, or never get audited, then I have things organized and structured and people in my corner that will help me and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that's, yeah, because playing the game and doing it right is so important. Yeah. Uh, 
And so I, yeah, accounts have saved my tail. Oh, um, for so. sure. Outsourcing that is like the very best thing <laughs> ever. It's the greatest. It's absolutely the greatest. Um, okay. So question, what I want to know is like, you obviously do take on your business into such a personal area of your life. It sounds like you are so personally invested in your clients and their experience and kind of all the facets of your life. So how do your personal life and business intertwine? Like what you've been in the industry now, it sounds like for several years. So what has that journey kind of been like and the influences of your business on your personal life and vice versa? Yeah. Um, with Instagram, it's kind of made more opportunities to like have fun in my personal life mm-hmm. um, while still doing business. Um, so like I went to Ireland for Christmas with my wife and, and her, her family. And um, this is just me giving an example of how I've intertwined. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, um, I, I reached out to um, Blundstone, uh, which is a shoe company. And um, I ended up getting a job with them while I was in Ireland, um, which covered all of our expenses for our trip plus way more and allowed us to have an amazing vacation. All I had to do is just do what I love to do on my vacation, not having to change anything, but just enjoying more of what actually is in Ireland. Cause I got to go to places specifically for content, but also saw that I had my own viewing pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like going to the cliffs and more like, I would go there without a camera and just go soak it all in and go do the walk all the way along the cliffside and just lose my mind. Like I would have no problem doing that, but I also got to do what I love to do, which is to take photos and um, got to do that and explore the cliffs and more, but then also have a chance of making money at the same time. So it's, uh, that's one way that I've intertwined way that I separate is by designating specific time where I know that I have days off um, from doing um, work and trying to designate those days so that I'm valuing the people around me that I need to have in my life. Um, or what I do is I separate certain times in the day. So like if it's in the morning or if it's at night, like late at night, then that's where I'll hash out work. Um, but that's a balance that I've been learning even more so now because I took on another job. Um, and I'm still figuring that out. Like yesterday I worked from 8am to 10pm. And I just had to do it. Like there was no, like not doing it. Like I had. Yeah. So- you have to, cause it's another job. Yeah. So like I edited an entire wedding yesterday, um, on top of doing my full day job. So it was, um, and just had to get it done. And there was no like ifs, ands, or buts about it. It was just like, I had it in my mind. I knew that I had to do it, but that makes it to where I have more productivity throughout the week, um, in my social life, in my personal life, in my business life, in my work, everything. It just allows me to be more present and getting house projects done or whatever it might be. Um, just knowing that if I put in a little extra work one day, it'll allow me to have more extra free time in, on another day. Yeah. Um, so that's for me kind of where I've had to figure out the balance. Um, and I've had to learn how to say no. Um, for anyone listening, no is one of the greatest words in the English dictionary. Um, in my perspective, it is, uh, only means opportunity for the future. Um, it's not a, uh, it's not a end all meet all term. Um, in my perspective, um, it's opportunity for the future. So no has been something that I've added into my vocabulary a lot. Um, and, uh, being okay that tomorrow's another opportunity to get other stuff done that I need to get done. Um, 
I love that. Opportunity for the future is the coolest way I've ever heard that described. Yeah, I, I'm also very optimistic. Um, and my personality is very, very optimistic. I'm, an, I'm a seven on the Enneagram, if that I can see it. that, yep. Uh, so because of that, I get that my personality is a lot different. And, um, but that advice has helped me a ton um, and has allowed me to be way more present in things that I need to be present in and has allowed me to be more focused in on things that I need to be more focused in on. So, um, but yeah, that, I don't know if, does, does that answer? No, that's yes. No, I love that. And I also would love to know, cause I've actually gotten a few questions about this from people when they, I like asked what they wanted to hear about on the podcast. One of the things I heard a lot was to hear from someone that balances their creative business with more of a corporate career. Um, and I know you mentioned that's kind of like a newer thing that you started this job with this company. So what has that kind of journey look like in that balance? And like, how have you prioritized kind of making sure you find joy in both of them, but also making sure that they're both prioritized in a way where they're successful? Yeah. Uh, it's a very, very loaded question. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, that was like eight yeah. questions. Yeah. <laughs> that was eight <laughs> questions in one. Very, very loaded question. Uh, so when I took on the job here as the creative director at True Linkswear, um, which is a golf shoe company, um, I kind of looked at it in the perspective of like, I've been drilled all these amazing values in the creative world for years. And I have this, what I would call like my bank of knowledge or my bank of wisdom that I've been so thankful to be gifted throughout this time of being a creative um, that I've done all the things that a creative director has done for, for years, but I've just mm-hmm. done it for my own business, but I've never been able to apply it to something else. And so for me, it's actually kind of given me a target um, to kind of be able to take these ideas or take these strategies or take these other things that I've learned throughout the years and just apply it to something that's already a functioning and thriving and successful business. And so I've been kind of just, um, that's where I've been finding like the joy in it. Um, in, in the process is knowing that there's like a, there's something bigger that I'm a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it hasn't, so there was a lot of things that I had to do for myself though in getting this job um, because I had a full-time gig um, with like my own business. Yeah. I just had to know like that there was some things that I had to have in terms of conversation um, right away with like the management ownership here. Yeah, and that's where I was finding like the joy in the process. Um, but separating my business and this business has been like the, honestly the biggest um, struggle because they kind of mesh where I'm doing creative mm-hmm. and social media and uh, building all the content and doing X, Y, and Z that you would do for yourself um, just for another company. And so I've been trying to navigate the balance um, and um, it's been a journey. I'm still learning it pretty thoroughly, to be honest, um, and trying to figure out what's the best move to make. But I was very honest in my um, in my conversations early on and saying yes to this job um, with ownership and management um, and letting them know like, Hey, I still like, I have so many things that I'm contractually still in. And like, I built a name like around my, my photography um, and like the business is, is in its peak. Like it's not, it hasn't gone anywhere. Like I, yeah. And so I was pretty honest with that. And I was like, there's two things I was telling this to the owner of the company. It's like, there's two things I really need to make sure that are understood. It's like, number one, I haven't had a boss. True. That's a big shift. 
And I was like, I don't know what it's like to have a boss. Um, and they, it's honestly a team here. Um, it doesn't feel like you're, um, it doesn't feel like you're working like for someone. Like it doesn't look like someone's looking over your shoulder and trying to like haunt you through your experience of working mm-hmm. for a company. It's more of a team oriented uh, place. And so with that ownership has been amazing. Jason is a wonderful guy and has been so uh, gracious. And I've been trying to be as respectful as I can um, and making sure that I'm honoring boundaries of what that looks like to work for a commercial uh, company um, and uh, doing it the best that I can to honor the business and the bottom line. Like it's the same, same thing that you would for your own business. It's like, but somebody else's, it's like, you have to protect yeah. your bottom line. So now I get to like think more business structure and all that kind of stuff, which I love. I love doing that. So it's a ton of fun for me. Um, but, and then I also was like, um, I have to be able to still say yes to everything that I've said yes to. Like I can't not do the jobs that I've already signed up for or mm-hmm. um, that will impede my business from long lasting. Cause like, I don't want my business to end. Um, yeah. And uh, just because it is thriving, it is successful and I bring in a good amount of money. So why would I say no to that? Um, and uh, they were like, we completely, uh, love that and would love to honor that and make sure that you feel valued in the process as well. So they were very gracious and they gave me like an extra five days of PTO to start. Um, and also gave me a week of PTO off to make sure that I can give, um, with my talents. Um, cause that's a big part of my business and a big part of who I am is making sure that I can give, uh, with what I've been gifted with and that's yeah. uh, my camera. And so, um, I do, I do a lot of like nonprofit work. I love it. Uh, It's amazing. I love going on location and shooting for organizations so that they can have the content that they need uh, to bless other people around the world or that are displaced around the world. Um, And so that's another part of of my world that I've, I've always loved to make sure that exists. Um, And they were honoring of that as well. And then also want me to try to find uh, and implement ways for this company to be able to do the same. Um, And so, so Yeah. And so it was very, very, very cohesive and amazing conversation, which allowed me to be able to uh, navigate and find this balance um, in a healthy way. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was okay for me to like slow down and realize that it's going to take time and that every day is going to be a new process of figuring and navigating out what that looks like, that balance, especially when you have personal life on top of it. Um, And things like that and making sure that you're, you're valuing your time at home um, and making time for yourself so that you can actually be the best version of yourself every day. But that balance is honestly is um, they didn't strike any fear. Like the company didn't strike any fear into my world um, about it all. And so for me to to be able to navigate those things. So I love that. Yeah. They don't mind if I edit a wedding at work. Incredible. That's so good to like find a good company that's like cohesive with the way that you're running your business and like running your life really. Yeah. And I would recommend that for anybody that's listening, that's trying to fight that balance is, um, is, is to make sure that they have the honest conversations with whoever it is to make sure that they know that like, this is who you are. Like they just need to know who you are. Um, and if they can't value that, then it's, um, probably a wise idea to figure out if that's a good fit for you. Um, yeah. And I think that's worth it more so in the long run than being married to a paycheck. For sure. Yeah. Prioritizing like your joy instead of the money for sure at the end of the day. Oh, 100%. Like for me, 
I like experiences always outweigh paychecks. Um, and so, uh, and obviously you have to run your business and make your money. Mm -hmm. Like for me, it's, um, that it, like you can never take away time mm -hmm. and like those memories that you get to create and foster and, and do whatever you need to do. Like, Oh man, like I'll chew that up any day over getting a paycheck. Like if someone's like, Hey, um, we don't have your, we don't have your money right now. I'm like, don't worry about it. Pay me in a week. Mm -hmm. Like I had the greatest day. Like I'm just so happy you guys got married or thanks so much for the opportunity to be a part of storytelling for your brand or whatever it might be. I'm just yeah. like, awesome. Pay me when you can. Like it's whatever. I, I love that. It's such a chill and like gratitude based way of running your business. I think that's so cool. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, I mean, what would we do without people, you know? It's, it's true. That's really like all it's about at the end of the day. 100%. I love that. Okay. So tell us what's like next for you. What's next for Jonathan Sweet? I, I, it's a phenomenal question. Um, and a lot of that is, is just uh, staying constant with doing um, photography and doing this new job and trying to do it really, really well. Um, there's one thing that I'm hopeful for is that I can do this job really, really well to build up what could be something more sustainable for the future. Um, and if that's helping me learn how to, um, to navigate my, my wedding business in a more healthy way, um, or if that's me helping uh, other people navigate their wedding business in a healthy way. Um, the future is more, I think, um, resting in the present for me right now. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, I, I've always struggled with setting goals. Uh, I really don't set them. Um, and uh, the main reason why is because the more that I focus on the future, I forget about today. Uh, and because yeah. today is all that I'm promised. And so um, when I look forward thinking, like I always want to scale, I always want to grow my business. I always want to do X, Y, and Z. Right. But that's just, um, I'd rather, I'd rather have that blessed today than it blessed tomorrow. Cause tomorrow I don't have yet. Um, and so, uh, like moving forward, I just want to do what I have today really, really well in hopes that it honors tomorrow. Um, and that it blesses tomorrow. And so like right now, what I have right in front of me is I have this wonderful job at Trulings where, and I have this awesome wedding business and this awesome commercial photography business um, that I just need to keep fine tuning. Um, I was told a lot, uh, a lot when I was younger, you got to get better before you get bigger. And um, which I love that phrase. It still sticks with me even to this day. Um, and that's things that I need to implement. In, in my world. And that's things that I need to get even uh, better at in my new job that I just started um, not too long ago. And I need to keep implementing that in my long lasting wedding photography business. Like I, there's so many things that I have to get better at before I get bigger. And uh, so that, that's probably what the future holds, I think, uh, for now. Um, in terms of my business, it's just really paying attention and being mindful uh, to what's right in front of me. Um, and uh, having an attitude of thankfulness towards those things. Um, and knowing that I have another day where a camera has been able to pay my bills. Um, mm -hmm. and so many people aspire for that. So many people hope for that. So many people want that. Um, and, but that's what I do. And that's what, that's what you do. And mm -hmm. um, we get that blessing. We're going to carry that blessing. And so I want to honor that every day. Um, I want to be present with that every day. Um, so that's what, 
if I, if I were to answer that question in the most honest way, I think that would be my answer. That's beautiful. I'm like, that's like my, one of my favorite answers ever. I think that's such an incredible way of looking at goals is more in like a feeling and emotion and like attitude of gratitude than necessarily like, I don't know, a monetary goal or a physical goal. Yeah. I like, and I, I love those two though. It's like the one goal that I've always had in my brain is like, by the time I'm 30, I want to be able to give away a million dollars. Oh, be amazing. Right. Like that'd be so epic. Like, I think that would be such a fun goal to have. Um, am I on track of getting there? I have no idea. Maybe I give away someone else's million dollars. Like that's, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, like, I want, but I want that in my head. Like is, is, my like I guess that's just could be my nature and, and how I'm wired but um that's like the only like if you were to put a goal that I've had like that would be like the one that I've had is um and monetary goals are great like I, yeah. I they they really do help some ground some people um and give them some legs in moving forward um and that's a lot of how I'm not wired but it's I, I love that people still have that like my wife is so much very so goal oriented like she every year she's always like okay what are we going to do this year and I'm like well I can't answer that question I don't have tomorrow yet and <laughs> um it drives her wild but for her she needs those monetary goals um and because it helps her um function it helps her thrive and what she's good at and things like that and so that's part of your business I mean implement it but be honest with it like mm-hmm. if you're going to set a goal don't put it on a sticky note put it on your computer and look at it every day and not do a single thing about it like look at that goal, do that goal and get that goal. Like don't just look at it every day and just be disappointed that you didn't get there today. You know, it's like, okay, once a day you set aside 10 minutes and you honor that goal the best that you can with 10 minutes every day. And you never know, you could get there. I love that. um, But if that's just the more simple approach of actually making sure that you put legs behind your monetary goals, then you got to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's such good advice with goals because, yeah, we oftentimes just make them in hopes that they'll happen to us instead of taking steps every day to like actually make them happen. I think that's such beautiful advice. It's just the, I mean, how many times can you think of moments in your business where you're like, oh man, I forgot to do that? Yeah. <laughs> I do it all the time. Oh, yeah, all the time. All the time. But if I was just more faithful to them, I mean, you never know what can happen. It's like um, one thing that I've been working on is trying to get someone else to edit for me. So I'm like, okay, what approaches, mm. can, what approaches can I take? I'm like, well, could I hire a business that just does it for me and I pay them every month? Or do I bring on an intern, build somebody else up in the process, mm-hmm. teach them why I do what I do so that they can establish that in their own business? Um, things like that where I'm like, okay, I got to weigh my options here. Like it would be more worth it to spend money on something and never think about it again, or it would be more worth it to spend a little extra time to invest into somebody that could have more, more gain in the future than based on just my business. Yeah. I think that's incredible. And that kind of leads me to, this is like the last question I always ask everyone, which is, and it doesn't even have to be about anything we talked about, but what is like the best piece of advice that anyone's ever given you? Like what instantly comes to mind when you think like the best advice you've received? Oh man. Um, I mean, the first thing that pops in my head is, is something that I've been told since I was a kid um, is love God and love others. 
um, that that advice transmits into every aspect of my of my world, um, and that's to give you like an like all parts of my world kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other piece of advice, which I've already alluded to um, uh, already, was um, I was told this at a, at a younger age as well. Uh, but stay faithful to what's right in front of you until God blesses it, then you can move on. Ooh, I like that. And I, that's a piece of advice that I've, I've always held with me because um, so oftentimes I would want to, because I'm very, I'm very, um, I'm a vision caster. And so I can come up with a million ideas and then I then end up not doing any of them because I have a million ideas. Um, and so um, but what I was losing sight of was the present. And this is a lot of why my personality is the way that it is, is that, um, I wasn't putting all my attention to what was right in front of me. And mm-hmm. I wasn't waiting for the blessing. I was being so impatient and just moving on and keep going on to the next idea and the next idea and the next idea or the next thing. And I wasn't being present. And so uh, when I got told that, like, be faithful to what's right in front of you. And then until God blesses it, you can move on. Like, and so now I've been, um, changing my philosophy with everything is just waiting for that blessing and knowing that that's when it's time for me to move on. And so, um, I haven't felt that about photography, but I'm always, I love telling people this. It's like, I'm so excited if I'm not a photographer tomorrow. And, <laughs> drives people wild because they're like why would you ever say that like you you you've been operating in this gift for so long but like i might be operating in this gift but i'm not married to the gift because if i need to be available for something else tomorrow then i need to be available for that like i have to be okay with knowing that um there might be something bigger and better for me and that could be in all aspects of my business like if commercial work just goes completely away, then it goes completely away. And then I find new ways in my wedding business um, to be more present for and to be more available for. And so um, that's definitely been a term of advice for me that has um, drastically shaped me, um, that has um, really given me a lot of, uh, of foundation in doing why I do what and what I do. Um, so, that would probably be the main form of advice that I've, um, I kind of gravitate towards the most. Jeez, I, I needed that advice. So thank you. I think that's such beautiful <laughs> advice. Oh my gosh, what a way to freaking wrap this up. Um, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for sharing all of this. I'm so glad we got to have you on the show and hear about like your specific journey. I feel like you've had such an interesting journey and process in the industry. So thank you so much for being here and talking to us all about it. Oh gosh, thanks so much for having me. It's always um, a blessing to hear your voice and um, pumped for the day that we can uh, all hang out again. Uh, I know. And thanks for giving me uh, a space to be able to share parts of my journey and uh, hopefully it can bless somebody in the process and uh, hopefully COVID can go away soon. I know, honestly, what a way to, to wrap it up. Hopefully we can all get together and celebrate soon. But until then, thank you for sharing words with us, you know, virtually over the internet. Of course. I'm absolutely honored. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Don. And thank you guys so much for the tuning in for this episode. And we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.